You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. You know, one of the things I've loved about the the idea of what, you know, Web3 offers us is that I don't know about you, but I'm one that doesn't really work well in a box. I'm one that every time I would hear hear things like the riches are in the niches, I would be like, crap, I'm just not going to be rich. Because anytime I've tried to niche down, anytime I've tried to do only one thing or, or, and, and it's not saying like only like, you know, like focus on one thing, but like, cause I think focus is important, but I love kind of tapping into, you know, my multi hyphenness or, you know, I know there's a TED talk about multi passionate or even just the idea of like all of the things that we love to do. I think web three, you know, allows us to tap into that in some really creative ways and I have a great guest for us today that we're going to, you know, talk a little bit uh, about how how he's kind of, uh, ro- you know, in his new role, uh, kind of handling uh, multiple facets. And we're going to have a, a really great fu- uh, conversation on that. But before I get into that conversation, I do need to, uh, you know, we have to, you know, pay the bills, right? We have to, uh, you know, give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening in beautiful San Diego, California. That is, if you are new to web three, wanting to learn about all things, you know, let's just say NFTs, crypto metaverse. Maybe you were watching the VMAs last night and you were like, what in the world? Snoop Dogg and Eminem are playing in the metaverse as bored apes. And you want to learn more about that. Definitely check out the event. I'll give you the links and everything will be in the bio below. So you can, uh, you know, in the show notes, you can check that out and, and we can jump in there. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in our guest. I'm going to click off of that full screen of me. Mikey, thanks so much for joining the show. Our, our audience, you know, we've mentioned uh, Two Cents Audio, which is uh, one of the things that you're a part of. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get into that part of it, let the audience know a little bit about your background and kind of what brought you, uh, you know, from where you where you were before to this, you know, Web three world that you're in today. Oh well, first I want to thank you for having me on. It's uh, I'm a big fan. I mean, we've no, no pun intended, and we got to connect a couple times. And I'm just uh, I'm in awe of everything that you do. I think your lead in in terms of I think there's another term like polymath that's trying to make a comeback in terms yep. of that multi hyphenate. Um, I watched like how you work with your kill- children, your daughters how you're doing art, this every day, the ability to mint, like, yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to kind of approach life and not get too hemmed in because I think it all weaves together and presents this great tapestry. So for a little bit about me, um, I am Smikey Piero. That's me, fully doxed. Uh, It's kind of how I've operated for, you know, forever, really. And it started in my kind of online career. I had a blog when I came back from Iraq where I was writing a lot and chose to kind of just really put it out there as my full self. Um, It was about, you know, I think you and I have dotted back and forth around the world around the same timelines and around a lot of the same places. Yeah. And so the blog uh, was about kind of recovering from PTSD and how to, how to really get um, back, you know, my head straight and back online around that same time. um, I was working at a, a smaller software startup that then turned into a larger software company and from that software startup, I kind of got my next two jobs and they were all in software and they were all in building products. And that's really something that I've been really passionate about um, for my whole life. And entrepreneurial spirit wise, when I came back from Iraq, I needed to set my own hours. And I was like, well, I just need to just make my own money so I can set my own hours. So those two companies then evolved where um I was kind of recruited into now called Meta, but was Facebook at the time and sat in the same chair there working on some pretty fun and hairy problems of trying to like connect as many people to the internet to kind of do social good and um, tremendous experience and a lot of fun. Um, 
I don't I don't throw shade on Meta. I think they're really trying, and I think that there's it's a pretty complicated series of things that have happened there. But I think um, for me personally, it was time to move along, and I was very excited to get back into that entrepreneurial spirit and really dive in. And that's where I founded Two Cents, which is a podcasting platform that hopes to like evolve more onto interactivity. So I'm going to overshare and just keep going. So during, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was staring down a divorce. Um, you know, my ex and I are, are in, on really great terms and we're co-parenting. Um, but it was still like for the first time in my life, I was a single dad and I was really trying to get my feet underneath me. And then 2020 hit and the pandemic hit. And I was really just struggling to understand how to just do everything, keep working because I was still at, at Facebook. Um, be a dad, be present as a dad, and also cook. You know, it wasn't as much driving at that point, but there was some and clean and keep everything moving in the house. And I couldn't get on Clubhouse because it was always live and it just never really matched my schedule. But I could listen to podcasts and I could listen to audiobooks and I could keep my hands free to like cook and clean. And I know you're simpatico on this <laughs> in terms of, you know, it never stops. Um, so, so my co-founder and I were thinking like, well, what if you were able to just like leave messages on podcasts? And what if you were able to like asynchronously communicate? You know, Twitter does it all text, but if it was all audio, then that those people could listen and talk back. And that was the foundation of it. Then we started down this Web3 path as things started to evolve. And we saw that there was an even better opportunity to differentiate and that Web3 rabbit hole, man, it pulls hard and deep and fast. And so uh, two cents now, we're on the precipice of launching our token-gated offering, where if you're a, a community member, which is a really important part, I think, what I want to talk with you about of yeah. like your community and then the, the Club CPG community. So that community is really what we're putting forward first on the, you know, and the, the tokening. And then because it's an app-based um, experience and not one that's web-based, we have a lot more controls around how we can make that experience better. And so we have ways for people to listen and accumulate raffles, and we have a way for them to mint cover art. And so we're trying to make it so that you're collecting the audio experiences of your community. And so that's where we've kind of been driving two cents. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, there's lots of things I want to tap in there. I mean, I, one of the things you kind of just kind of like grazed through was, you know, first off, thank you for your service. You know, much appreciated that, you know, the the sacrifice, you know, I, for me, it was still, you know, the greatest time in my career was, you know, as a government contractor, being able to support, you know, those in uniform and, uh, and you know, and then, of course, you know, from the military side, even in, you know, into Facebook. Right. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't I would just I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I'd fathom to guess there's not a lot of ex-military that are in Facebook's ecosystem. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I like just that connection had to be interesting kind of, you know, kind of segue as well. Right. Well, thank you for your service. Cause we certainly, it's a, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and you're literally, we is greater than me. So I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I was an infantryman. So it was a very interesting kind of, um, master's or PhD level degree in leadership at a very intense time with a lot of consequential outcomes. So, Part of what I pride myself on is like the leadership experience and growth that I did during that time still carries over to hopefully how I conduct myself now. And then it's funny that you mentioned the the veteran side of things. So while I was at Facebook, I actually was the for a time uh, until I left the co-lead of the veterans ERG there. Oh, wow. and so as an addition to what I was trying to do with my job in, in the connectivity and infraside. I just volunteered to be the co-lead of the vets group. And that was fascinating because um, fun, fun fact, there's um, actually data centers on submarines. And so we heavily recruited out of the Navy submarines crews ah. to run the data centers that were on land. And so we had a lot, we had a lot of veteran presence in the data center space specifically and globally. Um, we also, when I was there, my co-lead and I, we we rolled out like a chapter framework. So we had over 5,000 veterans where wow. we were in taking them into a mentorship program. We were putting on leadership seminars where we would bring in like the Medal of Honor recipient, Kyle Carpenter, came and spoke with us for three days. And we brought in a lot of others. 
our corporate our, our sponsor was Boz by the time we left. So we had like a lot of really interested folks that were trying to make sure that veterans um, as an intersectional group were able to flourish. And so a lot of it was, you know, some tough transitions for veterans and then especially into the high paced culture, fast paced culture of Facebook. So I took a lot of pride in mentoring and, and building out that program and then uh, met Cheryl a couple of times. So it was a, it was a really fun ride. The thing that I'm most proud about it, though, is that the work on that leadership forum um, actually got me into the diversity and inclusion forum for product review as an employee. Wow. So I got to work with Maxine Williams um, specifically on like changes that were coming to the platform that they were reviewing. And I was the cis hetero white male representative uh, and I have a lot of other things, but as a veteran as well, but it was really great to hear the global feedback on the product, have the information that was researched well and like what the changes were and trying to figure out what the ordered implications were. And Maxine was phenomenal, but I, I wanted to go work at a large tech company. It was either going to be Google or Facebook. And I, you know, tried to build the skill set to really make sure I was a, a competent enough person to get, you know, to get hired. And then the, the interview process is intense for those tech companies. So it was a, it was a great learning experience all along the way. I love that. And, and it's interesting when we get to the end and for everyone that's here, like we're talking about like, you know, mentorship and the incubator kind of, you know, leadership component and, and how that kind of even connects into some of the things with CPG, which uh, will be fun part of the conversation. We have a lot of synergies, right? When you, when you said, you know, uh, submarines having data centers, right? I spent many days on the dock waiting for a submarine to come port so that I could update the firmware that was on that damn submarine, uh, which is kind of funny in my, you know, my, my, uh, government back, background side, and then I worked at the data center for a little over two years. And and you know, you and I connected on a whole bunch of uh, things. Also, you know, being uh, you know, trying our our best to be the the best allies um, that we can be, and and recognizing you know where our role fits in there, and uh, in, and even as dads, right, in the co-parenting role uh, of dads. And you know, you mentioned about like you know, not only you know the background military, the the Facebook side, but you know, one of the things that like hit me when you know we we were first talking, you know, for those. That I've listened to the podcast since day one. You know, one of the things I said, I think first week that we started the podcast was like, I want to do listener to earn, right? Like, I want to reward all of you that are listening to the podcast. And, you know, we came up with the idea of like, you know, you have to listen every day and we'll give you, you know, four, you know, secret words. You have to go on the website. And, you know, the beauty of it was like, for me, it was like, you know, kind of testing on the fly. But there was elements of it that like, you know, my biggest pain point, and this is, you know, as someone that's, you know, I've hosted lots of podcasts before was that, you know, podcasts are really in the weirdest way, the most intimate medium, but the least social medium of all of the mediums, right? Like in like the, you know, and anyone that's out there, I mean, if you think about it, when's the last time like you interacted and had a conversation with other listeners of the podcast or even the podcast host itself, right? I, I'm right now currently addicted to, to group chat news. I, I just love that podcast for, uh, and funny thing is I had never knew they had a podcast and I just watched their TikTok clips and it was like four months of TikTok clips before I was like, you know what? I wonder what the whole podcast is like. And, you know, it hit me that was funny enough. I actually followed all three of the hosts, the three main hosts already on Twitter, but we hadn't had like a social engagement because in like that weirdest kind of separation of, of things, podcasting is like it's intimate because where it's audio, it's in people's ears. You know, the listener can paint their own picture. But it is I've always been disconnected. And I think even some of the, you know, the biggest podcasters in the world that have grown from the start, you know, they, they would tell you like all they did was drop their links onto, onto Twitter. Right. And I, so I love that like origin because the, the piece of it that was aha for me was Clubhouse, right? All of a sudden I was like, wait a second, this is social audio. This is participatory content. And like, for me, that was such a, a beautiful component, but it never hit me until you and I started talking. And I was like, wait, why isn't social audio and podcasting have, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of connection there because podcasting is beautiful because it's on demand. As you said, we're not like, you know, we're not stuck on someone else's timeline. You know, the same with Twitter spaces. I know right now people are like clubhouse because clubhouse was the thing. And now, you know, NFT world has owned uh, the, you know, the Twitter spaces world. But the, the thing I wanted to throw to, to you on that, like you, you were having that like aha of like, okay, you know, podcasting is where I'm at, but like I'm still looking for that interaction and, and like shared consumption experience. I'm curious, 
you know, and this is something I, I've always just liked asking founders from the standpoint of like, did you immediately jump to like, well, there's nothing out there. I should create it because for whatever reason, although I have a tech background, I don't, it takes me a while to get to the, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'll just complain. I'm the guy that complain. like, man, I wish that this had this, or I'll try to hack something together. But I love that you were, you went to like building out something that were actually, was actually going to solve that problem. How did that like kind of, you know, aha of like, I wish this existed to, Hey, let's build it. Uh, how did that kind of come to life? I talk to myself a lot and I talk to myself a lot out, out you know, just in general, I like, I love using voice comments and recording and I watched my kids do it too. And I watched other kids do it where with the advent of like our AirPods being in our ears and, you know, like we share this in, in certain ways. Like, so my daughter has, has dyslexia. She's been struggling to learn to read, but she loves talking to me through text by talking into the text to speech or speech to text and then sending me them. And they're sort of, they're cute and adorable but those are the things that started to be like, oh, this is something that didn't ha- exist when podcasting started. Text isn't really as useful for us in this medium. We need to be able to hear it, the intonation, the tone, all of those things you know, like come to light. And so when I was thinking about like, all right, there's there's a probably a good way to do this. Um, and I don't want to use my thumbs because they're usually like, on clothing or making dinner when I'm, when I'm doing it. So what would be easy? Just tap a button and talk. It also, you know, when I started to dissect it even more, so there, there's a, the world is littered with failed podcasting apps. It's a very hard one to get into people's inboxes or to get through their, you know, their habits and their cloud. But I also feel like there's a ripe opportunity with web three and with, the tech that's kind of formed where they, they complement each other really well. The pseudonymity and the aspect of like where parts of web three are moving forward in where you can control how the media comes to you. Well, podcasting was built that way by default. It's always been a pull. It's never been pushed to you. And so that element overlaps, the pseudonymity overlaps and then the tech has kind of gotten to the point where we can like easily throw bytes over the air and record them and making a more rich experience. Um, and there had been other apps that had tried it. I think the timing of this where you talk about it a lot and I, and I fully believe it. And that's really why I'm, I'm also really invested in club CPG is the, the community aspect of it. Like yeah. podcasters that are successful have that community. And as you said, like, they want to have that intimate experience. Maybe some of them don't want to talk to their audience, but I think a lot of folks, when we go to these conferences or when we talk to people, they want to start a podcast. Like the feedback is critical to tuning what's working and what's not. And again, because it's so much a pull, like you don't have a lot of information at your fingertips. So it felt like a better way and one that like I wanted to see. And it's hard to like, actually build something if you wanted to build a competitor to instagram you can do that in the tools that are available now but if you want to have something that's more interactive that uses audio you've got to kind of only build it because you you could show somebody something but until they put it in their ears and you and i are talking back and forth on two cents it's hard to wrap your mind around like well why would i need this or why is it fun well, you know, and I think, you know, I, I told you this before, like I was one of the very first, like first 10 users of Anchor when Anchor rolled out before Anchor became a podcasting platform, before they came bought by Spotify. It was literally the idea of, you know, how could we create technically a podcast of uh, of shared sound bites that were kind of pieced together, right? So it was like a call-in radio show. And, and I remember like, and this was, I think, 2000. 19, I think is when that all kind of, you know, was, uh, was, emer- maybe actually it was probably earlier than that. It was probably 2017, I think was probably when, when that was all going down. And I remember like I went to South by Southwest with the, with the anchor team, uh, that year that you know, we were all doing that. And the thing that I kept telling people is that like the shared consumption experience is so undervalued, underrated. And if everyone thinks about it today, right? Like the idea of how we consume Netflix and our TV shows has changed, right? We want it where we want it, how we want it, when we want it. 
but there is a lost element of like everyone coming in. Like I remember when I worked at the data center and it was actually during, you know, some of those, you know, my favorite shows from like the wire to, uh, you know, you know, even Sopranos in college and wire, the wire. Oh, it's my top. I, someone tweeted, uh, shout out to data. Data was one of our past guests. He actually tweeted out yesterday. He's like top three favorite TV shows ever. And I was like, Oh, I got that. Like, I mean, for me, it was breaking bad, the wire Sopranos. Breaking to, okay, so mine was Game of Thrones, Sons of Anarchy, and The Wire. That was my that was my three there. I, of course, I love those pieces as well. But I mean, this is a this is a great example of when we think about it. And like right now, House of Dragons is going on with HBO, and last night was an episode, and I spent the up. night the day with my kids, and and I was like, but the part of it that that to me I was looking forward to is like I wanted to watch this show as it comes out, so I could interact with others that are watching the show on Twitter and. That like shared experience is so, I mean, it's why we go to in-person events for all intents and purposes, right? Like it's the networking off of a shared experience where we all watch the same speaker and then we can all have that, that kind of conversation in the podcasting world. There really isn't, hasn't ever really been that kind of experience. Even, you know, you could argue even Joe Rogan's, you know, YouTube comments, like they don't get hot and heavy until like 48 hours, 72 eight hours after a show. And sometimes they don't get, you know, until two weeks later, people go back and, and kind of connect to um, a show. And so, you know, I love that component. Right. And I, and I think you're right on a, the timing, right. Social audio, like, let's be real. I mean, clubhouse does not turn social audio on its head if it wasn't for a pandemic. And like, I, I jokingly was the first, you know, one of the first times I was like, does everyone realize we are on a conference call with like blinking, you know, our picture blinking on a screen? Like this is not innovative. Like I hated conference calls in 2005 and now I'm spending you know hours there every day, but it was the, and, and I think one of the things that I really love about this, you know, what you're doing with two cents and it kind of factors in the social audio is when the mediums don't match, there's always a hierarchy of, of the way that content or conversations are delivered. Right. And I love live video. I've talked about live video a lot, but like live video to me was great, but it was always me on video and people replying on text. And no matter how great you are making that participatory, there's always kind of like, it's like, there's like a stage and everyone's down below. Right. And it's like, man, I would love for people to be able to jump in and out. And there was this tool called Blab and you know, rest in peace, Blab. But it was one of my favorite tools because it was, it was Brady Bunch live streaming and I could pick anybody out of the audience and they could pop right in next to me. We could have four squares um, and interact you know, all day, every day. And so the piece that I think is so interesting in what Two Cents it goes, and it goes into Web3 in the community component, is something that I've struggled with. It was one of the first things I ever said to you was, Man, I've tried to get my audience to move off of damn Apple Podcasts, and it is a freaking nightmare, right? And 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 when you kind of put back and like, well, you know, hey, these are some of the things we're thinking about and our value. One of the things also hit me was that those times when I was trying that was also when you know I was lucky to get someone to listen to a podcast, let alone they even know that the podcasting app is on their phone. But the other component of it was where we're at now with NFTs and Web three is that we weren't able to reward or celebrate or champion those that were willing to kind of come forward, right? So it was very much like a, it was even a pool in that way. Like, please stop using the app. I already saw your phone, you know, go download, you know, and I mean, I tried them all, right? From Stitcher to, you know, iHeartRadio. I mean, we were, we were kind of playing around. And so I'm curious from your standpoint, you know, and we're going to talk a little CPG as well, because I think there's, there's a, a kind of beautiful synergy and like the, the team behind CPG, I knew way back when from, uh, you know, my web two days. And I love the idea of like reimagining something that tried and, and in many cases worked or was it was working, but it wasn't probably the right time and doing that in web three. I'm curious for, you know, as you look at, you know, what two cents audio is, we'll put some links in the, in the show notes for those that are, are following along here on the audio side. But when you think about like the, you know, cause people sometimes are like, you know, NFTs, it's just a photo or, you know, I don't want to, you know, participation trophy. That's my words, usually not, not theirs. How do you look at like that, like uh, uh, rewarding and incentivizing and even that little bit of gamification on how we can help people adapt to new habits, like a new consumption of a podcast app? Yeah, I think. You know, I got the I had the great opportunity to interview Keith Grossman and the head of time a couple weeks ago. And he actually I was reading a tweet this morning he put out where he's like, look, it's not about the tech. The tech is beautiful and great. He's like, it's if you want mass market adoption, it's all about the experience that has to be built and the comfort. Mm-hmm. And that was really the the hewing of like we had this, you know, this lump of clay 
or this, you know, block of marble. And we've been chipping away at it to really get to the point where it should be better than what your Apple experience is. And that means that it works seamlessly, but also the perks and the things that you accumulate are also just happening. Like the first few iterations of it, it's like, well, because of the way wallets worked and because of the way this and that, we had to make people click on stuff. And then we've stripped all of that out. It's kind of like, it's like magic. You listen, you get these accumulation of all of these beautiful tickets for every five minutes you listen that automatically enters you. You don't have to do anything. It's automatically entering you into the prize for that week or the giveaway. And then at the end, when you finish listening, you just tap mint and it mints you the cover art and all the data behind that, which we think we want to like, we want to hear from the audiences and hear from is like, if I listen to Joe Rogan or I listen to iSocial fans on the day it drops within a certain amount, that's now metadata that we can assign to the cover art that you've collected into your experience. And that then gives you as a community manager and a community builder, a way to look at like, who are those folks? And in a pseudonymic way, because we're not giving you everything in just a wallet. And so you can reward those folks by how they interact and how they engage. And there's also still the social element of like people leaving comments and feedback that also can build into that experience. So it really comes down to making it as magical as possible and as seamless as possible because asking people to do another thing, like I don't want to ask the you and your team to do another thing. I want it to just be like, you publish your podcast, it's automatically ingested, people listen to it, they automatically get entered, they automatically, like everything has to be where it's like, don't make me think, don't make me work any harder because that's the barrier um, to get it. It could be the greatest thing ever, but if it's too much friction, nobody's going to use it. And that's what we're really tripping away at. Well, and I, I will tell I mean, I have the greatest example of that is, you know, we did the first five months of this year with our, you know, our, our listen to earn, you know, uh, NFTs. And we dropped an NFT, you know, the first five months of the year. But from Kevin on our team, who happens to do the intro music as well, you know, the amount of manual work, right, from verifying people going to the website, we had to turn, you know, we'd have a certain amount of time people had to put in their answers. Then we had to make sure that we had their wallet address so we could airdrop them, you know, an NFT. And we were doing this a lot of like, it was multi-step. And you know, I'm very proud, you know, we had a couple hundred people that we're doing it each month uh, participating. But part of that became a thing where I was like, I can't have Kevin doing all that manual things on top of it, you know, over and over. And, you know, on the other piece of it is like, you know, with every reward, I believe, you know, there also has to be a utility component or a, re- or a giveaway. And I think those things are, are what I think most people underestimate on like the amount of work and the things that kind of go into that. And that kind of ties nicely into, into CPG. I'm curious, t- how did you first kind of discover that community and, and kind of what um, they're building there and, and kind of how did that turn into, you know, kind of the role that you have now within that community? So uh, it's a big shout out to Jeremiah Aoyang. I don't know if you follow him on. He Jeremiah actually is the only reason I have a coin. So ADHD coin was only because Jeremiah reached out and I said, mean, sing the praises. So yes, Jeremiah is a, a great a, one. A super gracious, uh, intelligent, and really thoughtful dude that is about connecting people. I actually happened to, I would follow him on Twitter and I we actually work out in the same CrossFit gym, which was pretty bananas. Wow. So I bumped into him in real life and he's like, hey, I'm putting on this NFT get together. He's like, you know, in the pandemic, I really want to make sure that it's in a safe spot. And I was like, cool, I'm vaccinated. I'll I'll commute up with you. And so I went up to um, went up to SF and had a, a meeting or not a meeting. It was, a you know, an NFT gathering to try and spread the, the love. And people were talking about Club CPG. Um, and I went back and did a ton of research. And I was actually super fortunate, like part of my work with veterans and part of like my desire to build and building in web three, as we were incorporating that into two cents, um, I was gifted my CPG pass and um, the experience of how I was brought in through the 12 days of CPG and then into the telegram group was just, it was second to none. I mean, I think a welcoming community, everyone was, very open to like talking and meeting. I got a whole bunch of feedback on my product uh, on two cents, just how to do this better. There are no stupid questions. Everyone is really willing to help. And 
it stems from the foundation of how Club CPG and Chris and Jamie, you know, live and what they want to see into in the world. And I, it just really resonated. I think it resonates with you as well in terms of their emphasis on, you know, Jamie has my BFF along with a bunch of other folks. And that's specifically about bringing women and, and BIPOC folks into Web3. And Club CPG is about this is about building and builders coming together from all around the globe on a wide array of everything from protocols to drops to um, actual CPG merchandising. You know, you've got this really experienced group of folks who are trying like there aren't any experts in Web3 that I can tell or very few. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And it's changing so fast. So the approach can't be this one where you like know better because you really don't. And so coming in with a very curious mindset and one that's also willing to help is where everybody from club CPG that I've encountered has that beautiful mindset. And when you bring a large group of folks together like that, you're able to really both feel like you're getting so much out of it. But then when you make like some offhand comment of like, Oh yeah, I did this. And I, you know, you should check this out. It goes a long way towards helping somebody else go and build what they're building. And that's like all that's happening every day in these chats in CPG. So Chris um, was brilliant in bringing on RAF to head up the incubator full time. And so we have these five pillars that are CPG. So the community is is most important to us of like making sure they're taken care of. And CPG has a, a Genesis token from the clubhouse days. Yep. And then we launched POP in May of, was it May? It was May of last year. Um, and so that ballooned out to where there's like 3000 people that are involved in club CPG. And at that time we had the consultancy that was kicked off where we consult bringing web two brands to web three. We have the incubator, which we'll talk about a lot more. There's a media arm, which my experience with two cents and having been in the podcast world, like all the media that we're putting out, um, I'm helping kind of coordinate and corral that and have a great team with Janet and Chad working on that. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a couple of things coming. We've teased a bit of the brand and what we want to do for the commerce experience. The incubator is our point of effort right now. And we launched the incubator for any builders in Web3 to come in. And it's a it's a unique model in that we don't take equity. Club CPG doesn't take equity, but they expect the product that you're delivering to be beneficial to the community and to be offered to the community. And when we saw the flood of folks that were um, applying, we had over 200 people apply or entities apply for the incubator. Wow. We realized like, well, we just need to keep this going for everybody that applied. And so we de- re- recently launched last week, the builders club, which is like, you're automatically in it. If you're a member of it and it puts in a cadence and we're putting together a curriculum and working on some collabs to really bring folks in that are experts to help, a wide array of things that you will bump up against no matter what you're doing in web three. And so again, that spirit of making sure that we're inclusive, making sure that we have our foundation and our North star to build things that are of quality with great people who are curious and who are really willing to help. Um, that's where the beauty of, I think the web three community for the folks that are still sticking around and who really want to get after it. Um, that's, you know, where we're at and that's why we're to, pulling this together. Well, you know, and I, I mean, I love the, you know, and that background and we'll put links to CPG in the, in the, you know, in the show notes and, you know, and I think, you know, for me, I was actually in a lot of those clubhouse rooms. Right. And I remember, you know, Chris's vision and I'll just say, I'll be very transparent because I know there's probably some that are thinking this in the audience is I knew what was kind of being created there. Those early clubhouse days, I believe I jumped onto the the original telegram uh, group they had, but I, I felt individually was like, well, I'm not actually a builder. I'm a content creator, right? Like that literally that was what was going through my head. And I knew some of the people that were, um, you know, active in uh, CPG originally. And I was like, you know, big fans, huge supporters, but didn't really identify myself as that person that was like alongside them in, in a, on a similar journey. And, and the reason I share that is because for me, part of the aha was recognizing not only, you know, am I building things in this space, but also recognizing, uh, you know, the shared skill sets and a lot of the things that come across and, you know, Gregarious who, uh, you know, shout out to Gregarious, who is a past guest of the podcast, uh, you know, a real close friend of mine as well. We use his, uh, his tool for uh, all of our Twitter spaces. So I know our community is very familiar with zealous and, and what they have going on uh, as well. And, and I remember, you know, when 
Gregarious and I were talking in Miami and he was like, Fanzo, he's like, how are you not like CPG? Like what, what, what is that? Why, why haven't you made that leap yet? And for me, you know, that's the, one of the things that, you know, I started buying this NFT every day, right. And then doing the podcast every day. And I kind of just had to own the fact that I was going to sacrifice my own connection to multiple NFT projects that are in my wallet. So I hold a lot of great projects. I'm actually wearing lazy lion shirt right now, but for a lot of people, they know I'm a lazy lion, but I'm not hyperactive in their discord, right? I psychedelics anonymous was a project that I was massively active in, uh, for a good while, but also had to recognize like, okay, that's not a project, you know, anymore for me where that was going. And I, I recently, uh, you know, moved myself out of that. And it was actually one of those like ahas where I knew Raph, I knew, you know, Chris and Jamie, huge fan of my BFF and, and what they believe in as well. You know, and then I, you know, I saw Manushka, you know, shout out to Manushka who will be, oh, shout out to Manushka. she'll be on the show tomorrow. So we're going to, you guys are in for, I told, I, I tweeted it out earlier. I was like, my audience is in for a treat. We have a, we have a great, uh, you know, you know, lineup of guests, you know, Manushka and I, uh, co-host, uh, Alpha Mondays with, uh, Shira Lazar as well. Shira will be on the, on the show, uh, in the, near the end of September. But one of the things that like caught me in the, in the, you know, in the thinking of the building piece was, you know, I do believe wholeheartedly in that the value in self-awareness is like knowing what you don't know so that you can surround yourself with people who know what you don't. And if you're not surrounding yourself with people who know what you don't know or aren't you know, willing to share that, you can really feel isolated, especially even in Web3, as much as it's community driven. You know, for me, a lot of this, you know, buying an NFT every single day most people couldn't even wrap their head around what the hell that even meant. And then I would say, you know, we've done it on 28 blockchain marketplaces. And they're like, I didn't even know that many existed. Right. And for me, there was this, like, there was definitely a feeling over the last, I'd say last, it started about three weeks ago where I was like, I need to find my people moving forward to surround myself. And I kind of had recognized that I was using slightly what my schedule and my style was um, to kind of like almost I, I self-isolated in a way. And, uh, and that's a tendency, something I, I recognize I did, you know, during my divorce as well, which, you know, we share in that, uh, in that journey. And so for me, as I looked at CPG and, and uh, being able to jump in there, which, you know, I did last week and excited to you know, be a part of that community. It was amazing. Cause I, the very first time I posted in the telegram and, uh, and I'll share this for the, you know, our listeners, there was like, I think 17 people that I am good friends with that are active listeners of the podcast. We engage with on a regular basis that were already fully in CPG and like, it's about time fans. And I was like, man, like talking about like one of those things. So for a reason, I, I gave that big caveat there for all of our listeners there, there are things that are being presented to us, right? I, I have like the three dams and one of the dams is raise your damn hand, right? You have to raise your damn hand when an opportunity is presented. And even if you miss those opportunities, I believe it's critical to recognize like, Hey, I might've missed it. I, I remember like, I even went back to my email when I got like the original confirmation for CPG telegram and it was way back, you know, clubhouse days. And I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, believed then, but for me, it was kind of like recognizing and owning that. And then the other part of it that I really appreciated. And you and I talked about this uh, offline before was like people that are in the community are elevated to leadership roles, mentorship roles. That's a lot of what that Genesis represents. So I want to tie this all back together into your experience, you know, military experience, and then what you had, you know, kind of, you jumped, you know, as you left the military and, you know, that kind of into that, the world that we existing, not only PTSD, but there's a, you know, a completely different kind of way of life that you have to get indoctrinated into. Web three, not saying the two are the same war and this is not the same, but there is an element of like, wow, you do have to kind of, kind of put all in on web three, but then you have to figure out like who else in web three can I have around? I'm curious just from your, you know, now as a, as a COO over the, with CPG, how did that conversation happen? Cause to me, this is like, I mean, for every project founder that's out there, they know that whenever they, they hire me to give advice, one of the first things I say is like, you have to hire from within your community. Some of your biggest fans are going to be your, the biggest people that are going to be on your team. Talk to us a little bit about how that kind of came to life, because I think that's even part of the story that I think is beautiful now as well, because I was in your, uh, you know, what Chris and yourself and Raph were uh, doing the Twitter space the other day. And I mean, I was literally fist pumping the whole time and back channeling with, you know, Manushka and Gregarious being like, holy, this is awesome. I love that you're doing this on the incubator. But I think a lot of that has to do with that whole full circle of Chris being willing to bring in people from the community and, you know, not make it an ego play. Can you talk a little bit about how that all kind of came to life? Yeah, I'm gonna. 
I'm going to start with like when I interviewed at Facebook, they they have this kind of chaotic culture. And I'm going to use chaos a lot because I think it's really relevant. Yep. And they were like, well, you come from this very hierarchical organization, the army. How do you think you'll sir, you'll, you'll flourish here? And I drew a picture of a triangle and I was like, this is how hierarchies work, right? It was like, this is where the leadership happens and then everybody does the thing below it. I was like, and that's, you know, peacetime, like, because they're trying to keep order and discipline. Right. I was like, but in combat, it goes this way. And it's like everybody that is out on the front lines, like I cannot squeeze every trigger, but what I can do is train them properly, trust them that they have the same value set as me and give them enough information that they are acting in a way that in my absence, which was most of the time, they are able to do their mission, the mission and achieve the mission and do it in a way that is right and good. I was like, so, so for me, like that was every day in combat. It's every day is trusting the people that I had worked with and making sure they were trained well, but also adapting very quickly. And so when I was at Facebook, they would do these posters all over the place. Um, they called it the analog research lab. And one that struck me and it's still on my phone today was this image of Bruce Lee. And it says in the midst of chaos is opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so from that, Every time things would hit the fan at wherever I was, I would have to pause at a second and go like, okay, I know I got this thing burning, but also what's an opportunity that I can make out of it. And so with club CPG and with Genesis and being in that community for a long time, when pop launched, there was a lot of things that needed to just kind of get done. And I started really just asking questions of Chris, like i implicitly believe in and trust Chris. And I think he has that same with me. And that's the trust that we've built up just over the months that I've been in CPG. And so being able for him to trust that I am value aligned with him, that I am acting as a good human in with the best interest in mind, gives him a certain level and him and Jamie, a certain level of confidence, but also like I've interacted with a ton of folks in the community and I sort of have my own feel for it. Um, and we just check back and forth constantly. So it was literally a couple of weeks of us just communicating on like the first question that I generally have for folks when they join, it's like, welcome, how can I help you? And I had just continued to do that with folks that were in, in pop, um, like, how can I help? And I wound up standing up a couple of introduction calls and just getting people to introduce themselves and know each other and keeping track of it. And there's a bunch of folks that I mean, I, I met Manushka through that, where I had talked to her about her experiences, which are amazing. You guys are in for a treat tomorrow. Um, and then really just saying like, okay, let me like write a document up. Let me record a loom. Let me like do some things that just will help anybody who is trying to onboard into this experience. Make yourself available. That's not saying like give away all your time, but make yourself available and through that process and through my experience, um, we were just able to carry forward a bunch of things that I think improve the organization. Again, it's built on that trust, um, which takes time to develop and we're continuing to develop. And I, I just really had done a ton of research and believe in the mission and believe in the vision. And yeah, like as a, as a founder myself and really understanding how much I love that community and how much I love what I'm working on, it was a really great fit for us to join forces. So, and for those that are listening, might, they might now be getting the aha of where my intro started on, you know, that multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate, right? One of the things that I remember being like, oh, wow, I, I, Mikey, I love that you're taking on that role with COO with CPG. And then my, my thought was like, oh, wait, you're also still a founder of Two Cents. And in a way, the two of them make each other better, right? Because you're able to bring both of those experiences, uh, you know, both directions. And, you know, Gregarious, who I mentioned before as well, similar, you know, in roles and advisory um, components, right? As Billing Zealous also playing into, you know, tech stars and some of the other, you know, pieces that, you know, kind of bring us all together. And, and, I, and I definitely, I don't want to, you know, Jeremiah Oyang, you know, big shout out to Jeremiah. For those that don't know Jeremiah, you know, I, I would say I always looked at him. We traveled. We were actually across the world together. We were in, um, it's not Morocco. Uh, it was, um, oh my goodness, I just had a mind blank. It was Montenegro. There we go. Montenegro, which when I said yes to going to speak in Montenegro, I thought it was in South America. Uh, and then, then when I had to look it up on the map, I was like, wait, on the other side of Italy? I was like, and it was 
one of my favorite trips that I had uh, the year before the pandemic. But Jeremiah and I were there speaking at that event, met Jeremiah for the first time back in uh, South by Southwest 2013 uh, at, a, at a community event. And he came up to me and said, I love what you're doing on social media. You should take a role in social media day moving forward. Right. And I thought that was so, such an interesting piece. And, and the reason I bring that up is because it also brings me into my experience joining, uh, you know, CPG last week. And, you know, you had sent me some of the docs and helped, you know, onboard me immediately. And I jumped in and I'll just say, and I haven't even told you this. I mean, the amount of people that were willing to help, I mean, not only were they reaching out, they're like, Hey, do you have all the links? If there's certain, you know, Telegram channels you're not sure if you want to join, just send me a message. I'll let you know what they're about. And I was like, wait a second. Like this isn't it wasn't a coordinated effort. And and it was coordinated in the sense of the culture was doing it, but it wasn't like a, a top-down event. And I, you know, I preached that here on the podcast that I truly believe that the one of the number one reasons communities struggle or fail at scaling is that they believe the onboarding is only the founders and the team. And it's not something that it's, you know, the, the culture and the community has to onboard, especially as numbers um, increase and CPG, you know, they did an amazing job of that. And uh, you know, I'm a holder, I'm not pumping bags. It's more of just acknowledging, you know, that, that journey and, and in full transparency, Mikey, you were already coming on the podcast before I got into CVG, before we even had that conversation. So I think that's also kind of one of those beautiful synergies of, of how this whole world uh, works. But, you know, there's also channels within that, right? When people are, I, I really hope people, when you're trying to take examples of NFTs or use cases, right? I think we often kind of, you know, get stuck in like the, well, we're not bored apes or we're not just a crypto pick, uh, you know, crypto punks picture, but there is elements of like what things unlock and the idea of like finding your people. And there's a parenting channel um, in the, in the CPG, uh, you know, family as well. And, and Mikey, you and I a hundred percent bonded over, you know, girl, dad life and, you know, our you know co-parenting side of the house. And for me, like it's all of those things that allow us to connect, you know, deeper with people and allow us to kind of, you know, shine brighter. Can you talk a little bit about like, you know, when we hear community, we hear building and then we hear like, you know, surrounding yourself with builders, it, it still is very business oriented, but there's also this thread of like our lives. And I had posted in, in the CPG telegram, like my daughter's playing in her first middle school, starting her first middle school soccer game. And not only did people champion that, but I had people reaching out the next day and say, give me an update. Like, how did your daughter do in the, in the soccer game? And that was such a warm feeling that I was like, wow, like this is an element of caring. Can you talk about how you look at that like role within Two Cents Audio, within CPG, and even as the greater Web3 whole? 100%. The, I think it's really in, easy to not think of investments in people in a tangible, through physical and, you know, just acts of kindness, as well as the way that you interact with them, because that's what they are. Like you and I, like you had said, we had communicated a number of times. I had really always enjoyed talking to you when I got the opportunity to. And, you know, back to your raise your damn hand, that really was literally in my mind listening to your podcast when I was like, I just need to go to Chris and raise my hand and say, like, I want to do this. And so thank you for that. Uh, you know, publicly, like Love the that. the positivity that you bring every day and the sentiment around like how you should approach opportunities is something that really resonates with me. And so for people to make investments in small ways and large ways in community is really investing in people. It's not necessarily, I think a lot of folks are, um, and there's nothing wrong with being a degen in Web3. It's like, it's a thing. Um, and that's just not personally where I put my time. I put my time into people, not necessarily, I'm not really good at flipping NFTs. It's just not, I'm not, I'm a, I buy something because I like it and I hold on to it and then and it's and a full-time it. job for anyone that we have not clearly make that a point, like flipping NFTs for a living or a profit is a full-time job. Let's be very clear. Yeah. You're a, you're a day trader. Um, yep. And I've never been good at that, nor do I want to be because it's just, just losses along the way. So um, for me, that, that investment in people and being really curious about them, you learn as so much and you get back so much like, and it, it comes in a lot of ways. It comes in like the tangible like intellect that people bring of like their experience in like e-commerce or marketing or development of apps and software or protocols. But it also comes in in that sometimes you just needed somebody that was having a bad day to help them have a better day or you're having a bad day and you put it out into the world and people help you kind of pass that by. That's so powerful, especially today when we're 
coming out of this time period where everyone was so isolated and you really are coming back together. And we've, we had a, a real life event in, in Santa Monica uh, on Saturday. It was fantastic because the real connection of people you've been communicating with in that forum who are like cheering you on or giving you advice or, you know, like hitting you on the side and being like, Hey man, I just saw what you posted. Are you okay? Like we don't need to thrash it out in public. Those are, those are so important for like building a relationship, but also just helping you navigate this world that we're in now in this post pandemic time. And so my, my, and my view is I kind of like, you look at GM, GM on Twitter where people post GM and you get GMs back. I take a little bit of a different approach where like periodically I go through telegram and I have a whole folder of people and I just go through and I run through my check-ins of like, Hey, how's it going? Anything I can help you with what's going on? Saw this. And that investment over time for me is one that I get a lot of joy out of being able to help folks. And I also then if the need comes along and I know that somebody's an expert in, I'd be like, Hey, can I really grab you for 10 minutes? I have like something that's really crazy. And the network of builders in club CPG are ones where like you are probably one text message away from getting to some amazing experiences. And then if they're not going to be able to help you in that moment, they will get you to somebody who can. And so that type of experience with people that, again, you believe in how they operate and how they move through the world, you're like very much aligned. It's really, really powerful. It's been a, a, we talk about like 10x and all this craziness. And it's usually in reference to growth or a floor price. But in terms of the ability to get to quality experiences through people, it's been 10x in terms of how CPG Club has or Club CPG has has helped me. I mean, I love all. I mean, every piece of that. And I'll, I'll tell you, for those listening, you know, if you skipped over episode 288, you know, one of the things that the community was asking me a lot was like, Brian, give us tips and things to do when we join a new community. Like, how do we stand out? How do we like network? And it's actually I, a shout out to my very first senior VP ever in the it was government contractor at BA Systems. Uh, Sandeep Call is his name. And Sandeep, you know, he literally told me, he's like, if you are out of sight, out of mind, it is something that you are doing. It's not a byproduct of working from home or traveling too much. And he made me, I remember I had to open up my Blackberry and he's like, you're going to block off the four to 5 PM hour every Wednesday. And you're going to put in there, visit the fifth floor. And because I was on the first floor as a help desk employee, as a brand new employee, fifth floor was where the executives lived and a lot of the management. And he was like, you need to make your presence known. You need to be around and to this day, that still is in my calendar. This is 2004, 2005, all the way forward. And to your point, like having that list of people to check into, right? And, and, and being able to kind of follow that lead, right? It's very easy for us to be like overwhelmed or disconnected. But if we make an effort like to show we care about individuals and check in and th- that same thing kind of comes twofold. And, you know, even we mentioned Jeremiah here, you know, Jeremiah, you know, in many cases has massive network in many areas. But what he does that a lot of people, you know, can't, you know, either don't wrap their head around is he uses that network to connect people just as a byproduct, right? Where he's like, wait a second, Mikey, how are you not part of this? Come with me. We're going to ride up there, right? Or for me, it was like, Fanzo, you need a coin. Like you and I should just have a conversation, right? And we had known each other all those years, but he brought it together. And then it, it was literally like, he's like, it's now yours to decide what you do with it. Like this is is the way that I do it. And, and I love that you brought that up within your kind of networking and, and relationship building as well. Look, we're we're divorcees, we're girl dads, and you know, I won't say how old I am, but the idea like with the pandemic, like making true real friendship was hard. Um, it's hard when you have those other things and then being isolated. And I think the intentionality of like I've made some great friends. Like I consider a lot of the folks that I just met in December in CPG Club and since to be my friends. And I've met up with them for coffees and we've, you know, made sure that when they're in town, we timed it or we hung out when we got together at NFT NYC. I'm very thankful for that. And that's part of what, you know, I believe the club CPG is at its root is like a lot of really interesting people that are really passionate about what they're doing, who also are really willing to help others get to where they need to go. Um, and if they're so, in it, if they're in it right now, let's just be very clear. Like 
where things are not like it's not sunshine and rainbows right now in this NFT crypto space. And to me, it's actually why I think it's the greatest time to be a part of it, because people that are here are willing to put in the effort. They see a, a bigger light in the, at the end of the tunnel, but they also recognize like there is no more important time right now than right now to lock arms with you know people. And uh, I want to kind of pull the, the episode together here at the end by mentioning what we talked about before we got on the air. And, and Delphi on our team was listening to our kind of green room conversation. She's like, press the damn button, Brian, this should be recorded. And, and we were just sharing, like I was sharing this really, uh, you know, amazing experience with my, my middle daughter, just, you know, out of nowhere after for like the last two weeks having a very, I wouldn't say disconnected experience, but there was a couple of times where I'm like, why didn't my daughter come up and give me a hug when she first saw me? And, and I know there, you know, I have two in middle school now and I have to be, you know, be yeah, that idea where daddy soon is not always going to be, uh, you know, their number one <laughs> on their mind. Uh, but my daughter got into, into the van after, you know, having a couple of things uh, in real life. And, and she just, you know, she gave me pretty much one of the best compliments I could ever get as a dad. I just saying, she said, every time she hangs around her friends, dads, she's reminded how much of a good dad I am and how thankful she is for that. And I, I mean, I was holding back the tears. I, I, you know, for those that listen, know I have a, a thing that I have, it's called screenshot awesomeness and anything awesome that happens in my life, I added to a folder. And so last night when I got the girls down to bed, I literally opened my note and wrote down word for word, like the experience, what she said. And that's, that's going to be where I'm going to reference next time. I'm like, oh, my, my 11 year old wants me to drop her off on the side of the school. She doesn't want daddy to pick her up in the front, whatever that may be. And I was excited to share that with you, Mikey, because I know like your not only commitment to being a dad, but we're also very proud dads and, and very, you know, out loud about it. And, you know, I've shared this story here on the podcast before of, you know, one of my early bosses, you know, telling me that if I was going to continue to be that loud about my wife at that time being pregnant with our first, um, that he's like, you're never going to get promoted because people aren't going to see that as a, as you having a commitment to your job. And, and it lit a fire under me since that day to be like, even louder about being a, a dad. And, and, and thankfully, you know, I will say many years later at a, a completely different event that we were at, he came up and owned the whole conversation and, and told me how, how he was so out of line and he, he realized through my action. So, but I say all of that because you mentioned, you were like, you know, we should do like a, a girl dad Dow, or we should bring together, you know, dads that are, are, you know, being able to not only step into how we want our, our daughters to see us, but you know, even the way that we're investing or supporting others in this space, right? We, you know, we mentioned about, you know, the veteran side of the house. And then we have, you know, with BIPOC leaders and, and, and women leaders in the space, you know, there is something beautiful about that, this arena. And I'm curious just from your side, you know, as a dad and like thinking about like that Web3 impact. I mean, I got my daughter's ledgers. I don't know if you've gone that far yet, but it, it became a problem because they looked at my wallet one day and they're like, daddy, I like those yellow background ones. I was like, pick out your favorite. And then they're like, well, where do I have it? Like, where, where is it? And I'm like, oh, it's in my wallet. And they're like, that's not mine, daddy. I was like, oh, so I ended up buying them a ledger and got on that side. But how are you looking at like kind of like that web three, not only from like ally, but being able to, to recognize that we can, you know, even as dads, we can start to create a new culture where some of these things that I think weren't, you know, I mean, my dad told me growing up, he's like, his dad told him, if you ever cry in front of your sons, they will never respect you. That was my grandfather telling my dad because he was that hardcore Italian that was telling his, his dad Italian. And, and I cry in front of my, da my daughters on a regular basis, including last night twice during a TV show. Talk to me a little about how, like, what are, how do you look at all of that as a, as a dad, as, as a co-parent? Because the thing that you hit me, probably the biggest takeaway that I have from this whole episode is like you mentioned that idea of how hard it is to, to make friends, especially as we get older. And I don't think... It, Many of us own that enough to know, but it, it hit me because, you know, I live here in Northern Virginia. There wasn't one person in my in-person friendships that reached out and said, you know, how does your daughter do in her first middle school game? But I had about 13 people from my Web3 connections that reached out and checked in about that. And that hit me right as you were saying that is like that idea of friendship and finding your people is unlocked in this way. And, and it really has, you know, is changing you know, my life in many ways as well. So I think there's two things. One is I believe that the approach that we have to build for setting the example for our daughters as as men in this world is an important task. I think there's no my 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 daughter's godfather has said there's no more important job than being a good parent right now. He's like that is job 1. He's like you look at everything that's happening in the world and a lot of it probably stems from poor childhood experiences for people that eventually get to power. So being a good parent and being 
present in that is is extremely important and it's one that i believe um look the past couple of years have been hard and like i think being able to reflect on the things that the pandemic gave me in terms of this like i was like a workaholic for a long time um there's a lot of reasons for that and being able to then be forced into really reflecting and being with my kids has given has been a gift right a lot of people are like, oh, the pandemic. I was like, I got time back that I was probably on a path to lose. Um, and so the slowdown and the really refocusing on what I needed to do for my boys and for my daughter um, was a gift. I do think that there are pockets of the world that are looking at redefining what it means to be strong and you know um, how how that strength is not just in terms of like for men for a long time, it's what does it mean to be masculine? I think we have to like really take that back um, and be very, very conscious of how we present ourselves in the world to make sure that it is inclusive and not exclusive, but also repping all of the best parts of what it is to be a good father. And so, yeah, I cry in front of my kids constantly. Um, And it's, you know, they just know. They know from my time in the service and from all of my experiences trying to get through PTSD that that's really um, just who I am now and part of what I try and share with them. Um, because I also then go do try and do very hard things professionally or in my workouts or in things. And so there isn't a, a there isn't like strength isn't like not crying. Strength is embracing what's happening in front of me and also pushing myself in a way that, you know, try and like lift heavy weights and run as fast as I can and do fun things. And I also think that that inclusivity, like, you know, it didn't really come up, but I'm going to kind of force it in. Like part of my journey is like my, my ex um, is a lesbian. And so my kids and mom is a lesbian. So part of like my world is extremely, it's extremely important for me to have that worked into my life for being not just an ally, but being an accomplice. Like I will go to jail for that cause um, because that's how like it impacts me. So yeah, making friends is hard. I'm I'm thankful. I kind of feel like I have a good one here and a new one. And um, I think that we can all go a little bit out of our way to make sure that we're reaching out in meaningful and authentic ways to help somebody else, because that's really like, when you think back to kindergarten, you know, who are your friends? It's that kid that came up to you and was like, Oh, you didn't have your lunch. You can have half of mine. Yep. And that's literally like how, how the greatest friendships generally start. It's just that when we're parents, we kind of, or you get to and be an adult, you sort of like lose that because you're, you're kind of maybe too worried about the wrong things. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of like reaching out and be yourself and, you know, it doesn't mean everyone is going to hit, but it also means that, you know, you, you can come with that curiosity and um, really that non-judgmental approach and you'll you'll be shocked at how much you can get out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I appreciate every you know ounce of what you just shared. And for those that aren't watching on video, maybe audio, you know, Mikey is also like could bench press me. He's got ink. He's a, you know, military, ex-military. And I remember when we shared that in person and, and just the context, you know, we met, you know, in Arizona at CEX. Shout out to CEX. They are actually our first sponsor of our podcast. Joe Plitzy uh, is actually owns two of our founders NFTs for our uh, our project as well, and and believed in believed in the project. I'll actually be heading out to content marketing world. It's a fun segue there, and the, the way this whole thing kind of comes together. But I remember, you know, Mikey, we were talking like in person, and you know, both of our passion for not only being girl dads but being allies in you know the LGBTQ plus you know community. And you know, I had that conversation with my daughters last night during the VMAs, where my my oldest, after the other two went away, she's like, "Daddy, can I talk to you?" She's like can you help me have this conversation about, you know, and it was about, it was, I mean, crazy where this all kind of comes together, but, you know, little Nas was wearing a, a dress on stage and we, I was talking to my daughter about like redefining what, you know, colors mean and the way we dress. And, and my daughters know because I wear pink and, and very loud about my, my passion for pink. And she's like, daddy, how can I have that conversation? And it was with one of her friends and, and I won't, I didn't ask her if I could share that whole story. So I'm not going to share that here on the podcast. But what, one of the things that hit me was like, Oh my goodness, like thank 
thankful, you know, as a co-parent dad that, that A, she was willing to have that, that conversation with me and B to that, like that, like, um, you know, piece of that was that, you know, even where we're at as a culture where things are, you know, on TV and we can start to own some of these, uh, you know, these dialogues, I think it's, you know, not only exciting times by that, but it is about, you know, surrounding ourselves and like, let's redefine culture together. And, and, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate, you know, your friendships. I love that we, we got to meet at an in-person event. We, you know, are using two cents audio here for those that are listening. You'll hear more about that. We're going to integrate, um, you know, some more giveaways and things uh, into that app. So we will, I know many of you in our discord already have uh, two cents audio downloaded, but uh, if you don't, we'll make sure uh, to get you taken care of uh, on that side as well. And, and I'll just throw this out there, you know, for those that are, you know, you're questioning in-person events. You're questioning, you know, NFTs beyond the the, the price. You know, there was a couple of people in CPG that you know messaged me and said, Brian, I don't need this to. I don't need to ever sell my CPG for any profit because I've already got the value that I you know that I paid to get my original pop or my original Genesis. And I would just say for any founder out there, that's the mission, right? The mission isn't making the floor go 10x. It's the mission is making people feel like the value they were provided, that utility that they walked into paid off so much so that that all those other things are just bonuses and, and kind of cherries on the top. And uh, I think this is going to be a, a fun journey on that side. So, Mikey, I'll give you uh, any any final words. I know you closed this out there a little bit before, and I, I really appreciate your, you know, your transparency, your friendship, and, you know, excited to be, uh, you know, now fully all in on, on CPG. And I had someone message me this morning. And it's like, Brian, that's the longest you've kept one PFP as your Twitter profile in a long time. And because I've had my, uh, my Atari go- uh, joystick there as my PFP, but uh, uh, Mikey, any last words from you? Honestly, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for the friendship that we have. I want to give a thanks to Jamie and Chris for, you know, just creating an amazing um, opportunity and a, an amazing community. There are probably too many people to thank there, but, you know, I would be remiss if I did not thank my kids for supporting me in this journey, too. Um, I don't know that they'll ever watch this. Maybe they will. I'm thankful that this is an artifact that I get to talk with them about. And um, thank you so much. Everything's this is I'm looking forward to chatting with you more in the telegrams and uh and seeing how we can help each other for sure and i'll make sure you know your twitter is in the in the bio as well for those that are listening they want to reach out uh and i'll just say my daughters you know when my thing comes up on youtube and they see my picture they're trying to find the ones where the screenshot or like the thumbnail is my worst expression because they want to download that. Yeah. So if you're, if your kids do find it, that's probably where they're going to go like mine do. And, uh, and yesterday she was looking up like Dove Cameron for music awards and she's like, daddy, why did you pick this profile? You know, this thumbnail. And I was like, it took me like an hour to pick that one out. What is wrong with like my, <laughs> like, so, you know, like we're on that journey as dads, you know, thank goodness these kids are honest as well. And, you know, for all those that are listening, thank you for jumping in, taking the time. You know, I do, you know, really appreciate, you know, we all have, you know, a certain amount of time in this world. No money can, uh, you know, ever buy us back that time and, and you committing that time uh, to listen to just maybe this one episode, or maybe you've been on this entire journey to 292 days in a row of listening to the podcast. You know, I appreciate you. And, and I hope that through conversations like this, you know, maybe CPG isn't the answer for you, but maybe the idea of walking into another community or raising your damn hand, you know, have when you have something in front of you that could possibly become, you know, your future role, your future uh, community it could be your future partner in life. You never know. And I think uh, that is part of the beauty. If you're willing to put yourself out there and willing to, you know, raise your damn hand, you never really know uh, what the future holds for you. So uh, as, a, as always, my friends, uh, until tomorrow, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always... This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.